Alright, welcome everybody. This is the first episode of The Lost Boys Deep Cuts. These are going to be extra episodes where I bring an artist on here solo to get, them know, to get to know them better one-on-one as a person, go a little deeper than we can go on the show. And uh, today we've got James Hamilton. He's been on the show uh, once before. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? This is uh, a new. This is a new thing for me. Just having, just having one artist kind of vibing back and forth. So, yeah, I'm glad you uh, agreed to do it. That's awesome, dude. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, tell us, uh, tell us how you've been. How, a little bit about yourself, whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've been out on the road sharing the word. Uh, as you know, from the last time I was on, I, I stay in Central Wisconsin, so it's cold as hell here right now. It's hence my hat. Uh, you know, but um, yeah, and I, I work on the street every day. I run a uh, community outreach center for the uh, addiction community, recovery community is what I should say, for uh, an organization called Project Wis Hope, Wisconsin Hope. And um, yeah, so I'm out fighting a good fight every day where the rubber meets the road. And a lot of that in- influences the work that I, you know, that I that I put out there. Um, I travel, yeah, I travel around, you know, here in the winter time, traveling gets a little bit tough, but, um, you, you know, once April rolls around national poetry month, I'll be out 14, 15 nights a month and I'll do that Ooh, wow. right up through, uh, October. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Uh, last time you were on the show, you, you said you were, um, part of like a poet's cafe thing. Uh, Nero, Nero Kin. New York, I can't pronounce it. So it's a New combination. Okay. New York, New York, and Puerto Rican is uh, is what started it. So oh, New York Rican, yeah. And uh, that's a, a web show that I do. I used to do it on Monday, but I do it on uh, Thursday night whenever I can. You know, the New York Rican Poets Cafe is one of the most famous places to perform poetry in the world. Um, uh, everybody has been there. The Kerouacs and the, you know everybody's been there. So um, I'm pretty honored to get on there and do it. Elemental is a great host, and um, and I read on there with some of the some of the best poets in the world, man. Japan, England, everywhere, and it's uh, wow. it's uh, pretty humbling. Pretty humbling. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds like it. I've had I've had only one international artist on here. He's actually a regular on the show. Um, shout out to Ono. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he lives in Trinidad. He's a Trinidadian school teacher. Um, nice. he also works on uh, a lot of a lot of like outreach things with mental health and um, working on um, he he has this organization where they use art and writing and whatnot um to reach out to the mental health community and uh, and it, it's a big part of what I do too. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you know, from last time you were on the show and and. Uh, whatever else is, uh, you know, that's that's a big part of what I do here is is helping the mental health community and and you know, during the regular shows, I always give like a a trigger warning for any triggering topics that we might talk about, as well as sharing like a couple resources. Um, you know, like uh, I'm sure you've heard of BetterHelp um, yep. online therapy. You know, I, I share some resources like that. They're not sponsored. They're not. I'm not making money off of it. They're just some resources that I found that were like, you know, okay. Maybe people will help find some help here, and you know, I, I I try to give my little my little two cents. I live in kind of a very small community, like uh, maybe fifteen hundred people in the town, maybe two thousand. I'm not really sure, but it's a small town. 
Um, and, you know, so there's not really much community outreach that I can do around here, not being in a big city, but, you know, I do what I can online. Um, yep. So, yeah, I really appreciate your your uh, your steps in, in that direction. That's that's what I'm all about is. I mean, we got kind of saving lives. That's what it's all about, making communities more resilient and saving lives. And um, the fact that I'm, I mean, I'm super gracious that I can get out there and use my art to do that. You know, they, they say, uh, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, I've been blessed to be able to do that, you know, so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you can still hear me, right? I'm sorry. I was just adjusting oh, yeah. my mic real quick. Yeah, you sound, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Yep. All right. Good, good. Um, yeah, man, like... Uh, I, I, there's this song that I, I like. It's by an artist um, named Tom McDonald. You might have heard of him. Maybe not. But, uh, yeah, he has a song called Superman, and it's about how we have to kind of be our own saviors. We have to save each other because Superman ain't coming. There is no Superman. There's nobody who's going to catch the missiles. There's nobody going to save us from, you know, the darkness, and we got to be our own saviors. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we really are. We're out here saving lives where, you know, warriors and yeah and that's, I, call that's it, I call it soldiers of the word you know we're out here i i think on the front line of this war on drugs that we've had going on since uh way back since jesus in 1930s when uh you know they repealed prohibition on alcohol and they needed to something to vilify and um you know i i just want to say you know to think the thing is the drugs aren't bad the drugs are, are just a, a symptom of the problem. The drugs themselves are not bad. Uh, it's when you mix them with me that they become bad. <laughs> or right? Us. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's people's it's people's personal choices. You know, yeah. nothing nothing is inherently bad or good. It's people's choices that make them that way. Um, yeah. absolutely. If we can absolutely. shed a little bit of life on uh, a little bit of light on that sort of you know issue substance use disorder and all of that and 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 help people you know pull themselves out words can do that words are powerful man you talk about tom mcdonald and um and and his music dax is another one you know I, I, I listen to those guys they provide inspiration for me um just in my life you know and um i think about guys like that when i'm up there on stage you know sharing the word yeah yeah i mean they're like you were saying um you, you know kind of you want to talk about a little of your influences like those are definitely definitely some of my influences um i mean obviously there's um older influences but as far as some of the new people that are out right now speaking the truth and just just i mean helping so many people and saving so many lives with their music it you know tom mcdonald definitely and dax absolutely top of the list um they've done they've done a couple songs together actually um yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing amazing artists and definitely um something see I, the thing is 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 with i try to emulate those artists without becoming them you know what i mean because you can't you can't take someone else's thing they he, they're doing it in both in their own unique ways they're doing the same thing. They're reaching out to people. They're saving lives with their art, but they're doing it in their unique ways. Um, and I, you know, I kind of just try to take like a little bit from 
each person that I listen to, even the artists that I listen to on here, I, I pick up little bits and pieces of like, oh, you know, I can use that or like, you know, that's a good concept or maybe I'll think about that more or just a lot, a lot of different things. And, and that's, that's the other thing too, what we're doing with our art is we're not only saving lives, is we're giving inspiration to other artists and helping other artists grow and do the same thing. So it, it becomes a, it becomes a circle. Um, so, you know, you talk about a circle. I, I carry this book around with me wherever I go, and I have since I bought it in January. This is Rick Rubin's book, uh, Creative Act, A Way of Being. And he talks about in there how, you know, when we hear something that we like, whether it be, you know, whatever message in music or any type of art form that we use to influence us, it, it's a form of love for that artist, you know. Um, taking what they have is like the most sincere form of flattery that's out there. So, you know, when I talk about influences in my art, um, it, 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 it's, a, it's a subject that I like to talk about because with poets, you know, it's easy to say, you know, Kerouac or Ginsburg or, or people like that. And, and I do get uh, compared sometimes to stream of consciousness type of stuff that I do to Kerouac. But most of my influences aren't poets. You know, I'm not classically trained. Um, and to quote Ruben's book again, sometimes not knowing what rules to break, you know, makes the art a little bit more pure, the child mind, the child heart. And I'm just going to spill it the way I see it and the way that I do it. And if I break rules, you know, fuck it. I don't care because <laughs> I don't know the rules I'm supposed to be breaking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, one of my favorite writers said the same thing. Um, so there, there's this, um, writer i read and he's probably probably my favorite if not top three he's jim butcher um mm -hmm. and his writing teacher um was very very hard on him in school and kind of told like he had the opinion that everything had that art was you know subjective and you could write it any way you want and his writing teacher said you know write it this certain way and come back to me and see how, and see how it goes or whatever. And, you know, he, he, he wrote in her style and kind of, but you know, with his own flair or whatever. And she said, this is great. Um, and I'm sure it will sell. And so she really, they, so they had a conversation a few years later and she told him that when she said that she thought it would sell, she was trying to just, you know, give him confidence, like, you know, boost him up. She did not think, she thought it was good, but she did not think that his first novel that he ever wrote was ever going to go anywhere because no one's first thing ever goes anywhere. And then it did. It became a New York Times bestseller. And it, he said that he thinks it was because he didn't know that your first work – he, he was so ignorant that he didn't know your first work almost never gets published, so he went and did it. You know what yep. I mean? But if someone had told him, this is your first book, it's probably not going to get published. If she had told him that, then he probably would have had that stuck in his head and been thinking like, oh, this is, you know, they're not going to happen and then be a self-manifesting prophecy. Um, yeah, most definitely. One of my favorite influences, so like I was saying, not being classically trained as a poet or a spoken word artist, some of my influences kind of go around the board. And the voice I hear in my head when I'm actually – writing and reading stuff back to me is from uh, from tony bourdain you know and and i love that story because 
you know, he, he come up as a cook and, and there later in life, I think he was 40 something when he wrote that uh, Kitchen Confidential first, you know, and nobody gets published first, but bam, there it was, you know, changed his life overnight. And I just, I like the way that he not only wrote, but he, he always maintained after that first book that he was a writer first. Dude got up in the morning and wrote. Whether he was going to mm -hmm. be on TV or traveling or whatever, he wrote. And before he died, after he was famous, he had uh, Reddit accounts out there in fake names so that he could write, you know? And I think there's a purity to that. But I love the fact that nobody could write or do Tony Bourdain better than Tony Bourdain. And I think that yeah. principle shines true with me or you or any other artist. We all do us better than anyone else can do us, you know? Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's important. And um, so I, I look to him a lot because, I mean, I didn't get started till later in life either as far as getting published or actually trying to do this for a living. And um, actually probably a little bit older than Tony was when he published his book, you know? Um I'm 52 now, and I've been doing this full time for about five years. Four published books, oh. and uh, and now I'm uh, apparently a spoken a spoken word artist, which I didn't plan either. But okay. um, yeah, that and that's it's funny how that happens. Is like I I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to, including like I feel this way myself, uh, is just all of a sudden like, oh, I'm a I'm a spoken word artist now. I didn't even know because that's not what like I set out to write. I mean, I grew up listening to like, I'm not classically trained at all. I'm, I'm 22. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's get that straight. I'm 22. I do know a lot of the classics. I have studied a lot of the classics. Um, but you know, and I, and I've read a lot of stuff that's before my time and I appreciate a lot of stuff that's before my time. But when I talk about my actual influences, it's like Eminem, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Eminem is something I actually grew up listening to, you know, rock, rock bands like shine down and three days grace and three doors down and, and stuff like that, that my dad listened to, or that, you know, that he got me listening to like music, even though I, I can kind of play a guitar a little bit, but not, not good enough to do any kind of music. I can't, you know, I'm not musically inclined at all, but it seemed like for a while when I was writing poetry it just poetry feels like it's not it or at least it did feel like it wasn't big enough and it still is has a lot of growing to do um to be anywhere close to um the heights of music i mean you, you know to be there are very famous poets that make quite a bit of money and can live professionally off that but the majority of poets have a job sec uh, have a second job because poetry is very niche and, and nowadays with the internet and everything it's becoming more and more and more you know so i started to develop my stuff into raps um and you know because that's what i grew up listening to and i knew that would what would catch people's attention and whatnot um but at some point like i started writing these these poems that weren't even that didn't even rhyme but they were there was no other word for them but but spoken word it was just me like very hard hitting punchlines and just speaking very, you know, hard hitting truths. And, you know, I, I looked at a few of my pieces of work one day and I was just like, I think that I, I think I'm a spoken word artist now. I think that's like, 
what I want to do because I can't. I honestly, like I said, I don't have the musical talent to really become a rapper, in my opinion. I could train and I could become better with, you know, beats and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, my talent really rides in just the writing side of it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I'm not classically trained. I just kind of, like, develop my own style based on what I think people want to hear and what I have listened to. And, yeah, I mean, if I were to name one one poet, I guess Edgar Allan Poe is my biggest classic influence. Yeah. Because, yeah. I think for a subject, he's there. So, you know, the, the thing is, is not being – trained at all as far as it you know as far as poetry went uh one of my one of my biggest influences is miles davis the jazz musician and what i liked about what miles did and it's an approach that i take when i write is uh you know he would go in and at the time people would you know they, they they'd walk in and they'd hand sheet music out to all of the musicians and miles would walk in and he'd just kind of scrawl some shit on a napkin and say play this and he'd be like well, what notes? And he said, I don't care about what notes you know. I want to hear the notes you don't know. I want to hear the shit mm. that falls in between. And as a mm. concept, that is so, I mean, it just, it blows my mind. And when yeah. you look back at the number of musicians today that were influenced by that that type of, you know, just thought process going in uh, from, a, from a creative standpoint is so freeing. And, and the other thing that I love about him is he never you finish something you put it away you don't go back and revisit it you know that's old shit i'm doing something new i don't need to play with that anymore and i and i love that about him um the last time i was on your podcast you asked me about you know i was a little bit further along in life and stuff and you said how do i keep it interesting or, or stay and i said the key is reinvention all the time was my answer to you and i've thought about that i don't know how many months ago i last did your show but um i've thought about it a lot and i shared that story with a lot of people and and i said it was fortuitous for you to ask me that and then my answer at the time was what i believed but i've had to revisit it so many times because i i like reinvent myself every i don't know five or six pieces i work and then or, or finish and then I move on and it seems like I'm still evolving and still reinventing myself and still getting better, you know? Yeah, that's what you have to do as a person and as an artist. Uh, I was actually just listening to a podcast uh, a little bit ago before I came on to do my podcast. Uh, it was um, with this artist called Jelly Roll. I, I wonder if you've heard of him. Have you heard of him? Yep. He is an amazing guy, has some amazing stuff to say, not just in his music but in his interviews as well. And um, – that's one of the things he was talking about is his fans are always like, oh, you've changed. You're not, you're not the same you. And every artist gets that. Of course yeah. we're not the same me. Did you? Right. And, and most, of the, most of those artists, like Jelly Roll, he was homeless selling crack. Like, did you want me to stay homeless selling crack? What, what do you right. mean? Like, of course I'm not the same me. I have to. You have to evolve to become a, a better person and a better artist. You have to. It, yeah. Absolutely. Evolution is 100% necessary. And um, so, I mean, I've, I, I just, I've been talking to a couple friends recently um, and I made uh, sort of a post on Facebook last night, kind of reaching out for inspiration, help, whatever. 
because I'm stuck in this weird kind of writer's block right now where it's not that I can't write anything. It's that I keep writing the same thing, or at least I yeah. feel like I keep writing the same thing. And I just, I, like you were saying, I feel like I need a, a reset. So, you know what I mean? Some kind of, uh, some kind of refresh, um, to, to, to restart and, and just kind of, um, you know, evolve. I, I, you know, feel I, like, I feel like music inspires me a lot in the poetry that I write. And there, so what I, what I do when that happens to me, I mean, just personal experience, I change the type of music I listen to. I will go from, you know, jazz for certain things. And then I, I might go to somebody like a Annie DeFranco or something like that. I'll go all the way back to the, to the, you know, late sixties and listen to my favorite album of all time is Sinatra at the Sands with Count Basie's orchestra. Ooh, Cause that, ooh. that motherfucker could get up on stage and he could, he could talk dirty without talking dirty. His phrasing was spot on no matter what, but it was always him, you know, uh, the originality of him, you know, um, so I, I I move around a lot, and that helps me sometimes change stylistically when I get stuck in a rut like that. Yeah, I I find myself like I know that something that I used to do when I um, when I wrote was you know a lot of the day to get myself like just pumped up. I would be listening to hip hop or rap um, or like you know heavy rock, and then when I was writing, I would put on um, more classic rock or country, um, just, you know, something more mellow, maybe like, a, a you know, uh, I don't know if you know who Warren Zevon is, but a lot of okay. his stuff is very, very, um, poetic and very good to write to, um, or some Johnny Cash or like, you know, even like, uh, Bon Jovi or something, you know, just, just something poetic, but, it has that has like a, a soft melody that's not like super blah in your ears, you know. Um, that's definitely something do something I do, um, and I know that like your your mood is, your mo music is like a drug. It can change your mood. It can affect your mood, and so a lot of the times, your first instinct when you're depressed is to put on depressing music. That's not always the right move. You know, same thing when you're you're feeling kind of in a certain like the right move is not always to put on stuff that you've is to switch it up. And something I that people might actually be surprised about me that I listen to is actually Beethoven. I swear to God, I love Beethoven. There is a reason he is the musical standard to this day. There is a reason because that man was a fucking genius. And he was not listening to the music because he was deaf. He was quite literally feeling the vibrations. When people talk about, oh, this is a good vibe, like I'm catching good vibes off this or I'm catching bad vibes, that man actually felt the vibes. Like the real, I can, like. I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. Listen, science has proved this today. I watched an experiment on uh, YouTube or somewhere. So you got a tuning fork mounted, right? 440 megahertz with a ping pong ball on a string touching it okay if you go three four five six eight feet away from that and you hit another tuning fork that's the same frequency that ping pong ball will move off of the tuning fork right it will if you have any other frequency than that 440 that that one is tuned at it won't do anything frequency 
vibration and frequency can affect the physical world. So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about Beethoven being deaf like that because the proper frequency, if it matches our frequency, I think that's where inspiration comes from, to be honest with you. And I mean, there's, I mean, there's a reason that they're used, his, his symphonies are used in so many movies, like, uh, like chase scenes or, or heart or, you know, hardcore or heartbreaking love scenes or just there because like you listen to them, they don't need, they, they go beyond words. And, and I'm, and I'm a person who writes a lot of words, listens to a lot of rap that Rap is the you know genre of music that has the most words crammed into it, but there's something so pure and so just mesmerizing about telling that much of a story and having like my emotions go like this the entire time, like and I'm locked into it, and no words, no words, just just sounds, just vibrations. But it works. It works the other way too. Look at look at Shakespeare. You know, the words create the vibration that elicit the emotion. So it can it can work two ways. You know, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. Definitely, definitely. Those are two. And I mean, Shakespeare. He he made up. He just straight up made up his own words. He didn't care. He didn't care about any kind of structure or anything. Like we base our story. It's funny because. We base a lot of our story structures off of what he did, but he yeah. had no structure. Yeah. He 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 did he did have this he did have this structure with with his story with like the rising and falling actions that artists since then have been able to map out because it was just his style, mm -hmm. and we've emulated that and try and oh this is the gold standard blah blah blah, but really he was just. He was just freeballing it, you know. It yeah, was just his. Yeah. It was just his style. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. There's, there's, there's something to be said for, like, you using your own creative expression in whatever way you want. But there's also, I think, something to be said for learning, learning, learning certain techniques from great artists and and being able to copy and emulate them too you know what i mean yeah. there there's it's it's a it's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword too you know because like i said before you don't want to copy them too much you don't want to but you want to bring bring the same kind of uh passion and and enthusiasm and and whatnot um and yeah like i like i said i i have been stuck in this kind of weird rut where it's like i'm writing and i'm expressing myself but like i feel like i want to write about a new topic in a new style and that even if everybody else isn't tired of hearing it yet i'm tired of hearing it right now and i just need like a a refresh so yeah and, and i'll definitely take that that into consideration too the music is uh switching up what i listen to because it, yeah. it it's hard though when you're when you go on your phone and it's just all there it's like your mind just goes blank like what do i search <laughs> what do i type into the search bar you know uh, i'll tell yeah. you if you want to discover new music walk up to somebody on the street and ask them ask him to name a song for you just some random fucking joe on the street and whatever he has play it and then create a playlist off of that and see where that takes you sometimes the rabbit hole 
is the you know the journey through the rabbit hole take you to some places you didn't know you know you never know <laughs> yeah yeah man yeah so um we we've been here for about 25 minutes now um you had a couple pieces you wanted to share with us um, yeah i got so this first this first one's called another man it's kind of um rooted in in, in addiction I, I think it'll be it'll be pretty evident so i'll uh, I, I can roll with that and then uh well you want to talk about it and then i could do the other one a little bit yeah right. yeah absolutely i'm, uh, I'm gonna right, drop cool. myself out of the screen here and uh go get some water uh well right. the water's sitting right there i just have to grab it and uh what's the title of this one so i can pop it up on the this screen for called you. another man all right i begin again with a briskly paced stroll down the road through trash littered alleyways a pigeon shit dense park and along several hundred feet of wrought iron fence that coincidentally resemble tangled bunches of rose thatch. And I emerged from the urban garden unscathed to find geometry, several squares of concrete between randomly created clouds of my condensating breath and the door to my usual room, the one where I get well. I got there a lot quicker than expected, maybe 20 minutes too soon, but I don't know because dope time never feels real. I haunt the empty airspace outside that space there for a moment or some moments waiting. And I look around at the remnants of a day that has died and across the faces of the downtrodden shivering as they meander and slither by like undead creatures of the burgeoning night. They seem lost without direction, missing souls, dead like the day, buried by society's leverage, flesh bags existing or looking for another way, mixed together, migrating to any place in some kind of a macabre parade. Some frowning behind smiled masks like somber clowns, chemically faded and wheezing, eyeballs fixed in a gaze pinned to the salt pellet littered frozen ground. Some appear to be in pain or a measure of perpetual strife, tweaking their glances nervously darting around without control as their dignity continues leaking out. Others with saddened faces locked in a posture of forlorn, overworked and underpaid and tired, skin windburned and wrinkled with age, weathered, thirsty and worn. And over them all, the sky releases misty tears, crying on them and me and all of this originating from clouds none of us can see through the near dark and foggy haze it covers us with frosty doubt and the pollution and acidic remnants of man and earth's twisted tryst a cocktail of ice and a periodic table and a petri dish full of tainted piss and as all of this swings and drips the people places and dirtier than they should be things the world turns and i stub out my smoke and another man somewhere else is pumping gas, dirty ass shirt, trucker hat, and oversized sweatpants hanging down halfway on his fatter than it should be ass. He's drunk, chugging milk from a cart and steadying himself on the car door's passenger window glass. And I'm saddened by that thought. And I turn toward my door, the one that stands between me and catharsis. And face the face I see, the loneliest face of this post-mortem day, the one I see in the reflection in the glass, the face of yet another unwell man, a contemporary cowboy with no range, the only one I care about looking back at me, the winner at last. Thank you.
God damn, dude. You paint such a vivid picture with your words. Um, I mean, and there are words that you're using that you don't hear. Uh, on, and I listen to a lot of poetry. Like, you have a very strong vocabulary. Um, I mean, for not being classically trained, um, that is be, beyond the level of classically trained as far as vocabulary and imagery. I mean, that is one of my favorite things about your stuff is very is very vivid, especially that one. Um I mean, painting a picture of each individual and their struggles and what they're going through and, and, and just like, I can, I can see them. I can see the parking lot. I can see the gas station. Like I can, you know what I mean? Like it's so vivid in my mind. You're so good at that, man. Um, appreciate that. When did, yeah. When did you write that and and what, what inspired it? So, you know, it's kind of weird because inspiration comes, I, I think, uh, when it wants to, we just have to be open to receiving it. So I'm literally, it happened in two parts. I'm literally standing out in front of the community center that I managed during the day and I'm looking around and it just kind of started coming to me. It starts with two or three lines. And then, um, and then I, I kind of obsess about it for about an hour and I just spill whatever comes into my head, but it wasn't done. And I and I was I was kind of irritated at myself for the afternoon. So I go up to this gas station to buy a couple packs of smokes before I go home. And literally the other man is in the gas station parking lot, gets out of the car, pulls his sweatpants up like this. He's all pissed drunk. And he literally grabs a carton of milk off the floor, the passenger's floor, and starts chugging it, holding on to the fucking door. I swear to God, I'm like, thank you, thank you, Lord, you know, because it just, I, I'm looking for a, you know, a statement part of that piece, and it's like right there. And I'm probably literally standing there in the parking lot with my jaw hanging open watching this guy. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I need to write this down, you know, and and I did. I dictated it into my phone and uh, and polished it up. But that part of it was a hundred percent real. Hundred percent real. Yeah. 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 You. I mean, yeah. You definitely painted that picture very, very clearly. Um, and just, I mean, it. It also you. It kind of reflects. Um, not only are like society society's problems with drug use and um just how how like complacent we've become into just falling into falling into whatever habit it is whether it's you know heroin or alcohol or what whatever it is um and it kind it kind of honestly that it has kind of a that poem has kind of a bittersweet um feeling for me because it's like it's it's sad but it's also like thank God that I'm not in that place. You know what I mean? Cause I've had, I've had problems with, with drug addiction and I've had issues with substance abuse and I've had, you know, I, I still drink occasionally, not as much as I used to, thank God. But you know, it, 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 it had a bittersweet, like on one hand it's sad, but on the other hand, like, thank God that I am where I am, you know, mm -hmm. that, that you are where you are watching this instead of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Man. The poet, the poet's job is to uh, describe the world as he sees it, or he or she sees it, you know, and um, in 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 our own way, you know, our paradigm of the world, and um, and normally, you know, we have to add color and things like that to get that description right. That piece about the dude holding on to his car, I mean, to me, it was just like, it was right there. It was like ABC mm -hmm. color and book right there. I don't know who the guy was, and if he ever hears it, he'll probably come in here and kick my ass for, <laughs> or look for a royalty, right? I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I want my royalty for my $5 or my five minutes of Drunken milk sw swilling. I will. I, I will remember. put this out there. If that, if it relates to anybody who sees this, that was in Central Wisconsin, come in and I'll buy you a new pair of pants because them ones did not fit. I could just tell you that it was not fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, I mean, he probably doesn't even remember. He no, probably I'm doesn't. Sure he doesn't. You know? I that would be something that would be something I would try very hard to forget myself. Yeah. I I can't because uh, you know the thing is is so I, I share my work on social media and then you know I will talk to people before I go out and do live performances or I'll get to a venue and they'll be like, Are you gonna read another man tonight? And I'd be like, Yeah, if I gotta. So I kind of gotta go back and think about him <laughs> very regularly. <laughs> More regularly yeah, I have I have those pieces too, where they're like, they when I wrote them, I know that they're, I know that they're some of my best. I know that they're really good. But then when people ask me to do them, or ask if I'm going to do them, or like ask whatever, like it's like not it 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 makes me feel two ways. First of all, it makes me feel pressured to now go and write something just as good as that thing, or mm -hmm. or better. And I always feel that pressure is like, I just wrote my best shit. How can I top that? Um, but it's also like, I don't want it to get stale. I know it's really good. And if I perform it too many times, it's not going to be as good. Or if, or I'm not going to, I'm going to start performing it monotone. That's something I do when I get bored of something. And I start reading it monotone and I, and my pieces, they have flair, they have emotion to them. And if I keep performing them over and over again, that they're going to lose that. You know, they're yeah. going to lose their significance. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Back to, that kind of brings us back to that point of reinvention. You know, you got to, we got to continually be creating and growing as artists to stay away from that. I have no doubt in my mind, you had mentioned Bon Jovi before, that if you, if you ask John Bon Jovi today how much he likes playing Living on a Prayer, uh, he might slap you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure. And that's, and that's a big thing is I'm sure that's almost every artist everywhere hates their hits at this point, especially ones like Bon Jovi, ACDC, yeah. um, are Metallica, are they still playing? They are still playing. Yeah. yeah. They must absolutely hate their hits, dude. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. hate them. You know, yeah. being, they're 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 what in I mean some of these bands I think are in their their eighty their eighties or nineties at this point I I they've got to be I don't I mean, know Mick how Jagger, I don't... Mick Jagger's still doing it and he got to be like eighty I think he's eighty two yeah. I'm pretty yeah I and I know Steven Tyler is like 
I don't even I don't even I don't even know. He's an ancient. He's he's a dinosaur, but he's always kind of looked like a dinosaur. <laughs> a female dinosaur. <laughs> I mean he, he dude, dude looks like a lady. Yeah, I got you gotta love it. You gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh so I got I got another piece for you. And this one I could tell you honestly, this is the first time I've read it. I literally I had a conversation at the end of the day yesterday at work and um and 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 then I got in the car and and I kind of have had writer's block for about a week and a half and um and all of a sudden it came and I just turned the recorder on on my phone and I just started literally giving a stream of consciousness out um did a little bit of editing last night and read it to myself uh before I fell asleep last night so I will do the best I can with it <laughs> all right and um but it is the first time I've read it out loud. But um, it's a piece I really like. And um, you were talking before about kind of in a rut where you, some of your stuff sounds the same. This piece here for me feels like, like I feel like the last three or four pieces carried the same cadence and rhythm. And this piece breaks away from that for me. So I feel like I'm kind of free and open again, <laughs> I guess for lack of a better term. Well, I hope that it will inspire me to do the same thing because that's absolutely how I'm feeling right now. So, All right. Uh, what's, what's this one called? This one is called Palisade Park. Palisade Park. All right. Palisade Park. I don't want to be famous. Famous is for the comfortable or the somehow weak or weaker than those of us who live tough. I mean, I'm just out here trying to do basic adult things and share the word a loose translation of my vision of the world. During the day, I pretend I'm like a Batman, but one who traded in his cape for a vape or a cigarette am. Hero by day and at night, I assimilate a painted chalky face like a joker or some other devious clown. Blood red lips and eyebrows dark and permanently frown. And I smile and wish for the simpler times of my youth. <coughs> Excuse me. Like back in the day when calls were made in a glass and aluminum shower stall like boxy booth and cost a dime. Nothing like now where the devices in our hands are semi-conscious and have their own plan to make us buy something tomorrow or capitalize on our griefs and sorrow and isolation, our social deviations. It listens to stories about the past like the one I tell about three hookers who got so drunk they forgot whether I paid them or not. Well, they actually bought the blow, which I suppose they did, if you have to know. Fucking cake eater that I was back then, I didn't really care about making friends. I was all about feeling good quickly or trying to get happy quicker than I should. So now when I tell stories today about hookers and booze and blow and all the shit like that I thought I needed, rehab clinics show up the next day in my phone and I see them. The posts in my feed, my device thought I might need to be shown. Yeah. Palisade Park ain't what I need, yo, because I've grown. Today, for now, I'll be safe. It's Red Bull and Newports and jerking off alone. Damn. Damn. I like that, man. I like that. And, I, I, and, I, and it does have a... a kind of unique uh 
cadence, kind of flow to it. Um, it and it it definitely it definitely breaks away from like it definitely still feels like you. It still feels like you, but um, yeah, that's that's like a interesting style. That stream of consciousness, just kind of like you know, it's, it's we're just literally expressing your thoughts verbatim. Um, that's 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 an interesting style, man. And you you said you wrote that today or yeah last night literally in the car on my way home yeah yeah dude that 20 minute drive and uh and it just kind of happened so what what if anything was there a catalyst for that was there something that sparked that yeah yeah i had a i had a conversation with somebody here at the at the community center before I, i left and um, we were talking, and, and I'm doing a, a live performance here with some other artists on February 3rd. And um, we were looking at the poster, and the lady said, you know, uh, well, just remember us if you're ever famous. And I was like, okay, thanks, which is like the kiss of death, right? <laughs> I was just like, right. so I'm walking out the door with my bag, and I'm like, you know, the first line that I wanted to put in there, but I took it out, was, you know, um, you know, bitch, I don't want to be famous, <laughs> but I, I, I took it out because I, I don't, it, it just, you know, it, uh, so I kind of think like the Coco Chanel used to say, you know, get dressed and get ready and then take one piece off and you'll be perfect kind of thing. So I, I removed that first line of bitch, but that, that's what did it. I was, I guess I was kind of, I was pissed off. I was like, that's like the kiss of death. That's like telling somebody good luck before they go on for opening night. You're supposed to say break a leg, you know? And uh, so, and I guess that anger and fervency kind of built up and I'm driving and it's snowy as shit in Wisconsin and it's gray and it's nasty and, and cold. And, um, and I just kind of turned on the thing and just let it go. And that's what came out. A um, couple of couple of words here and there that I changed last night when I edited it, but for the most part, that's the stream of consciousness. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, especially like you said, for something just stream of consciousness, just and especially something that came out of kind of like a angry, bitter place. Yeah. Um, to write something so like thoughtful and you know um just uh what is the word i'm looking for here introspective uh very very it was very introspective and very self-aware very self-aware that's the other thing i like go ahead i I like that you say that because you know the thing about being self-aware i mean it's it's easy to write sometimes about our uh, poets uh our vision of what's out there but, um, you know, we we're talking a lot about influences today and stuff. And I can tell you, Hunter Thompson is a huge influence of mine. And not for some of the reasons most people would think. I love his style. And I've, I've done some uh, some article type work like that in his style. And I love it. I do that for myself because I love to read it. But the thing about him was he would interject himself into the story. You know, you look at his his book about the Kentucky Derby or about the Hell's Angels. He would put himself in there. So what I what I do or I find myself doing a lot with him in mind is I will kind of describe a scene around or stuff. And then I, I interject myself into it. And I do that mostly because of, you know, the work that I've done studying his style of journalism. And um, I mean, I, I thank him for that. 
up in heaven up there because uh, I think about Dr. Thompson a lot when I'm writing pieces like this, or at least setting up to write pieces like this, you know? Yeah, I mean, and it seemed like that one, honestly, like you said, it it didn't have much setup, um, but it had it didn't have much setup, but it had a lot of thought. You put a lot of thought into that, and it and um, I guess that's not, that's something that I'm. I'll sit with a piece, you know, and I'll it'll like you. It'll start with a few lines, um, and then I'll just kind of get obsessed with it, and I'll sit with it for like an hour, and then. There'll usually come a point where I'll become stuck or just um, feeling like it's not flowing out as well as it was. So I'll set it down, I'll take a break, and I'll come back to it tomorrow or something like that. Um, and that's usually usually what I do. Um, I, I started writing this thing last night that was, you know, just kind of like um, trying to get my trying to get my thoughts out there. And it's uh, not completed yet, um, but if you would like, um, I, I'd like to share with you my. It was it was basically this is and mind you, I do a lot of editing. I go back and I rework a lot of lines, and I'm that's always something I'm doing. This is kind of uh, just raw, you know, right. uh, without without any of my shenanigans uh, so this is called the truth and this is what i got so far truth is i'm not really built for this the truth is i'm chasing something i want more than anything else but i don't re think i really know what that thing really is the truth is that i want the money and fame and not to be locked in a cage i don't want to grind for nine hours a day nine hours a day just to stay safe and maintain but i also want everything to stay just the same the truth is it's getting really hard to pick a new topic when I feel like I've already written my best, how the fuck can I talk? The truth is, I don't really write all that often. The truth is, when I do write, it's always filled with the darkness that I find myself lost in. The truth is, I'll pump out a piece in a week just to make me seem awesome, but the truth is, I'm really not confident. And The truth is, I'm really not competent. The truth is, I can't really host and there's not many watching. The truth is, the doubt and the shame are always a constant. The truth is, I'm getting tired of hearing me talking. The truth is the words that I write are always the same every time. The truth is I'm sick of the schemes, but it's hard not to rhyme. The, tr the truth is I'm sick of having to rhyme to speak out the tr my truth in these lines. <clears throat> the truth is there's more to, in my core than metaphors. The, the truth is the, there's more to me than similes. The truth is I can't tell the truth in 16 to 32 bars. The truth is telling my truth is getting too hard. The truth is it eats me alive and it tears me apart. Apart. The truth is the verses I write seem doomed from the start. And that's that's all I have so far. But yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I love I love the repeating I love the repeating front to the lines. I have I'll be honest with you, I have tried to do something like that and I just can't I can't, I can't do it. So I respect that because I just uh I don't know. Maybe maybe it's telling the truth. Maybe if I started mine out by like saying I lied, it would go better. I don't know. <laughs> I actually, I actually feel it's one of my staples, and mm -hmm. it, it 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 helps me ground myself sometimes when I'm struggling to write. Is I'll start the same line off with the same thing every time, mm -hmm. um, and at, or or just revolve it around like a certain idea. I have a piece called I feel. 
much different vibe than that song, but it's the same thing. I feel this. I feel that. I, you know, um, and it's actually something I learned um, in high school um, and studying poetry in um, one of my, uh, I think it was my sophomore honors English class because I wasn't, I was in regular English for the freshman year and then they bumped me up to honors because they realized I was great at English. Um, but so I, 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 I'm one of the few kids that actually enjoyed school, at, at least when it pertains to that because I learned so much and yeah, that repetition is something I picked up in high school where it, it, it grabs people's attention. It's an automatic hook. It automatically grabs people's attention every time. Uh, it always does. It always does. Yeah, I, I love that. I, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I travel around, I do, you know, a fair amount of paid shows, but I also do a lot of open mics and stuff. And um, so I, I, and it's nice cause I get exposed to different styles and the, and the way other people read. And I don't hear a lot of that. So, you know, my advice on that would be stick with it because it's unique and it's cool and it's, uh, you know, see where it goes because I'm not seeing it out there. And uh, and that's saying something because I see a lot of I see a lot of poets. Well, oh, yeah, man. Thank you. And, and honestly, I do, too. And I, I, I can I can agree with you. I've seen I've seen one or two artists do it, um, but not not. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. That, that may be that you might be on to something there. I might I might have I might have hit a niche, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you for sharing your piece with us and uh, talking with me, man. It's been great. Um, yeah, I want to take awesome. a much more of your time. Um, uh, yeah, we've been here uh, about an hour now, so I'll let you get out of here. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you want to um, talk about before we get out of here? Or, or say to anyone else. Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love, San Francisco, watch out, we coming. <laughs> we coming. <laughs> All right, y'all. Make sure y'all go you make sure y'all go check out my name, my man James over here on Facebook at James Hamilton um, author and on YouTube at James Hamilton 8243. Um, and he's gonna be touring um, what, around around uh, Wisconsin, you said? Yeah, so Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa this summer. Hell yeah. Make sure you all catch him out there. And go Green Bay. Go Green Bay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Right. Peace out, y'all. Peace out. Have a good one. Yep, see you later.